They all say, just imagine how cool it will be when everybody has this. But getting from where you are to having every single person have it is quite a journey. Hey everyone, I'm Mark Randolph and welcome to That Will Never Work. On this podcast, I speak with folks who are at every stage of building their own business, whether they're leaping from side hustle to self-employed or are already generating revenue and ready to level up. My goal is to draw out their biggest challenges and then, using a combination of advice, encouragement, and tough love, nudge them just a little closer to realizing their dreams. While I'm known for co-founding Netflix and serving as its first CEO, my career as an entrepreneur spans four decades. Netflix was actually my fifth startup, and since leaving there, I've had the opportunity to work with scores of early-stage companies and mentor aspiring entrepreneurs from all over the world. Along the way, I've picked up hundreds of tips, tricks, and secrets, which I'm eager to share with my listeners. Helping others move their ideas forward has become my life's passion. So if you've been told that will never work as much as I have, you've come to the right place. Together, we'll prove the naysayers wrong. A surefire way to fail quickly is entering a category that's too small where there just aren't enough customers interested in what you're building. But there are equally big challenges when you're entering a category that is huge. Because odds are you'll be taking on a category already dominated by established products. But today's guest wants to do exactly that. Brad Zapp, New Cards, is a next-generation contact management system designed to make information as shareable, as updated, and as secure as possible. What will it take for new cards to find its footing in a market that's already saturated with some of the world's largest companies? It's a big question, but I think the conversation has some pretty big takeaways too. So stay tuned. Brad, welcome to That Will Never Work. It's uh, great to have you. I'm excited about this one because if I understand it correctly, the business you're working on is one of those big problems, the problems that it seems like everybody has, which are always so tempting that maybe somebody can finally solve it. Believe me, I am hoping you're the one. But listen, I know enough mystery here. What I would love you to do, Brad, is start off and explain to me what is the problem that you're trying to solve and what are you doing to try and solve it? Sure. Thank you so much for letting me be a guest on your podcast. So I'm working on an application called New Cards. This is a digital business card application. And the problem I'm trying to solve is how can people share their personal contact information easily, but also make sure they maintain control and have a sense of security. So make sure that their information won't get into the wrong hands. It won't be something that can be taken by hackers, by marketing people, by advertisers, anything like that. So what are you doing about it? My app basically allows you to create a new card. It allows you to put your personal information in and you can share with other people using a QR code, email link, something like that. The main thing that happens is that there's end-to-end encryption. So when you create your card, everything is encrypted. It uses a public and private key so that the private key stays on your device. The only way to decrypt the information is if you have the other person's public key and then they can decrypt it on their device with their private key. So everything stays nice and secure. The only thing that's on the server is literally just the encoded, encrypted data. 
So there's nothing that can be read. I can't read anything. No one can, you know, read anything from the database. It requires both parties to have exchanged keys in order to be able to see the information and have it available to them. Is it a one-time exchange or is this live continually updated? As you make changes to your information, you get a new encryption. The keys stay the same. So the keys are tied to the device. So your public and private key are created when you first log into the application on a new device. But you now have my data someplace. And now I all of a sudden change phone numbers. I can update it at my end. And every single person I've given my card to will automatically get an updated phone number in their database? That's right. Yes. So does this require that both sides have new card? For the updates to work, yes. So without the updates involved, I do have a mechanism where people can see your information. If they scan it, it goes to a website, but you won't get any updates that way. You can just use the website to call somebody or send an email to them or something. But updates require, yes, that both sides be new cards users and logged into their accounts. Let's walk through a singular transaction just to make sure I understand. So now you and I are at a trade show. How does the first exchange actually happen? No one carries business cards anymore, do they? Right. But I assume that's not how this works. It's all digital? It is all digital. Okay, let's start with me. Now, I think this is a cool idea. I don't like having my information all over the place. So I have to now get a copy of new card, correct? Yeah. And now I go in and I create my data. Easy mm -hmm. enough. Now, what's the next step? So I guess there's two ways you can do it. If you're with a person, you can do an exchange where someone's right next to you. That can be done either with a QR code. So you can bring up a QR code on your device's screen, and then the other person can scan it with their camera. When they scan it, if they don't have new cards installed, they're not a new cards user, then they just get sent to a website with the information. If they are a new cards user, then the new cards app launches, you exchange keys, Everything is re-encrypted so that that new person can access your information and everything is basically synced up. So they end up with a received card, which is from you, and you end up with a recipient who shows you who you've given your card to. Okay, I get it. I have uh, some concerns, but I'm an optimist. So let's uh, keep going here. Tell me where you are so far on this project. I've been doing a private beta of it, and I'm actually in the process right now of basically uh, launching a public beta. I've got my server set up. I'm basically getting my account changed over at Apple, so I'm getting pretty much ready for launch. I want to do a lot more extensive testing and making sure everything is happening correctly. So I'm getting really close. I'm actually at the point where I think it's stable enough and able to go forward to launch. How big was the private beta? I guess I had about like 25 people in it. Something like okay. that. And basically, you were all exchanging cards with each other and updating information. Right. Mostly with me. But <laughs> so. so if I don't have new card, your information just pops up on a website. On a website, yeah. Right now, it does. Which yeah. I can just copy, screenshot, whatever. If you wanted to, yeah. Okay. I guess the way I would put it is, you know, most people nowadays with that, you were talking about the big problem I'm trying to solve here. Most people, I think, they use kind of what I call a breadcrumb model to contacts. They exchange some piece of information, an email address, a text, a phone number, something like that. And then just use like their phone's history. They go back and look at their prior emails. They look at their prior calls, they whatever. And they just use that piece of information to stay in touch with that person. That's fine until that changes out, until somebody changes their phone number, changes their whatever. And if you don't have the information that you think you should have, then you have to go ask for it. And if you're lucky, they'll still be able to get in touch with that person that way. What I do is I make sure that that connection that you make between you and somebody else, once that connection is created, 
Now you can use that as a conduit to feed them new information that you think that they should have. If I want to give somebody my private phone number, if I want to give them my private address, something like that, I can do that later on. I don't have to do it right away necessarily. One of the important aspects of this is that once you've got that connection, you see that person as someone who owns your card, that you will be able to give them new information later. All right. So here's the $6 million question or the 60 million or 6 billion, depending upon what your aspirations are. Do you envision this replacing the native contact manager software that comes on most phones, computers, et cetera? I would say that it would be a nice supplement to those things. I don't see it becoming something that would completely replace it. There are aspects of what I can do as a application. Like I can feed phone numbers into the phone so that you can see it like for caller ID and things like that. I can bring into the experience you have on the phone some of the information you have from new cards. But the built-in contacts, the built-in, those things, they tie into all the other applications. And sometimes that can be good, but sometimes it can be bad. If you're worried about someone uploading your contacts because they want to reach out and do marketing or something like that to everyone you know, new cards doesn't allow for that. You can't have access to the body of contacts through new cards. So no other third-party application, Apple even, they won't be able to get access to that stuff. It has to be exchanged specifically with another entity, another person. Okay, I have a bunch of questions and direction, but before I do, why don't we try and narrow things down a little bit? What is it that you in particular might want to talk about today? One of the aspects I have, I've been building this app on my own. It's been a long time side project of mine. I came up with the idea like 10 years ago. So it was something <laughs> that I had uh, played with it and I think it's a good idea. And I'm an iOS developer, so I can build the iOS application and I've been building the backend servers. I've been building the website. I've been doing all those things. The big question I have is going forward, I know that the only way to really get good growth is to be able to like have, say, an Android client. I need to be able to reach the largest audience I can reach out there. And my question would be, let's say I launch my iOS client, I launch new cards and everything is going okay. And I'm getting some new users coming in and things like that. But I don't know how I would know for sure whether to really go forward and try to go to the next step where I would try to bring in new employees and new developers who could help me with the Android side of things? Or how do I get in, say, a uh, an investor or somebody? Would they be interested in, what were the metrics they would be interested in going into something like this? Okay, that's kind of what I suspected with where you were going with it. So one of the things that I'm curious about is whether this app has utility by itself or whether it's required to become the default use for managing contacts in order for it to be successful. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Have you I thought about that? And which is it? There's always this issue where, you know, at first, this is obviously an app that benefits most if everyone has it. So if you always ran into people that had new cards, it'd be great because then you can make the exchanges easily. If every time you meet somebody new, you have to tell them, go download an app. It takes a long time. It's always like that. I am trying to provide at least the ability to do what you can do now, where you can at least bring up a QR code and exchange your information quickly. And then it's available to the other person. And if they have new cards, great. If they don't, they can still gain access to it. It'd be the same thing as like getting a V card or something like that, where you can exchange some piece of information that doesn't update, but that's kind of the status quo. And then I want people to, if they find that having the updating and having the security and having all the other things make sense to them, then I'm hoping that they'll tell other people about it and they'll be able to spread by having other people say, bring in this application, become a member. And then as you get your, everyone you know to update to new cards, 
then your Christmas list will be easy because everyone will have given you a card and your addresses will all be correct and you won't have to worry about checking anything because it's all updated for you. I don't think it has to be a replacement just because I think the best idea is, in some ways, I want to always remain separate because if you think of contacts on most people's phones nowadays, they're really messy. You've collected contacts for years. You have no idea if they're good or bad. I don't want to munge together new cards data, which is sort of meant to be correct. It's literally the best information we have from the person who gave you their card with the contacts that may be on your phone that may be a mess. They may be something that will work, won't work, who knows. When I started off my intro of you saying you're trying to solve a big, big problem, you're really playing in a category of software that every single person uses. Mm -hmm. One of the only, really, that every single person uses, maybe texting, maybe email, but everyone stores and manages contacts. And because of that, most of the big players have all developed ways to store and manage contacts. Google certainly has their system. Apple, of course, you're familiar with their system for doing so. But even all the subsidiaries platforms do it. You have names stored of your friends in Facebook. You have all of these different ways of storing information. And for you to become yet one more is a really ambitious, really, really challenging thing. But be what it may, you've identified some obvious and key flaws to the existing contact management systems, which is the big one I would probably say is the updating, mm -hmm. is that I have cards in my address book that are clearly out of date. I have cards in my contact books, which are, as you call them, breadcrumbs. In mm -hmm. other words, I only have someone's phone number, but I don't have their email, or I have their email and I don't have their whatever, Twitter. These are big fundamental concerns. But the reason I think the single big question here is individual utility versus mass adoption is I think it's going to be almost impossible to get mass adoption. And you have to be extremely careful not to let yourself be drawn into that wonderful fantasy of, won't it be amazing when everybody has this? Mm -hmm. I've heard that one six or 700 times because basically every person who comes up with a new idea for a social network, which is probably every third person you meet, they all say, just imagine how cool it will be when everybody has this. And I would, of course, have to agree. But of course, getting from where you are to having every single person have it is quite a journey. And the only way that journey takes place, in my opinion, is by having there be individual utility. It has to be so good that I'm willing to be the only person on earth who uses this. It solves some big fundamental problem for me, which is why I'm willing to jump through all the hoops to get it to work properly, to get it to set up. Otherwise, if there's group utility required, you get into this very messy, almost like a two-sided market problem where you go, all of the wonderfulness depends on all my friends using it, all my business associates using it, or other people using it. And so you, this thing has great promise. You've heard amazing things. You download it. You set up your thing. And 
no one else is giving you their card. So you never take advantage of the updating. You have six people who have your card. So 98% of the people that you deal with every day are not getting your updated information because they're not using. In other words, you get frustrated and you leave. And despite how for you, new app is the center of your universe as it should be, getting it to be the center of anyone else's universe is brutally hard. It's not gonna be the center of the universe. You're going to get it downloaded. It's going to start off on the home screen of your apps and then slowly but surely it migrates to the second page or though it goes into the utilities folder and then that's the end of that. Mm -hmm. So my advice is that the trick to this being successful is you figuring out some way to have individual utility where it's so powerful for you, I'm willing to buy it use it. It becomes one of my go-to apps. It's doing something for me every day. And off the top of my head, that could be you make it easier to share. You make it easier to whatever, but it has to be something that's good for a person. The alternative is you solve a small group problem incredibly well, like a Slack. Mm -hmm. Enough so that Four or five people all look each other in the eye and go, okay, listen, we're all going to get new app. Or someone in a corporation in the IT department goes, okay, we're mm -hmm. all going to get news. And that can work too. But those are increasingly hard to make happen. But the better one is individual utility. And then it's individual utility times virality. And it's something which is so good for you, but if you naturally are sharing it, in other words, for example, if it is a model that says it's so powerful, I don't care if anyone uses it. It makes it really easy for me to get my, I'm making this up. I have no idea if it does or not, to get my information out there. But then everyone sees it. It's basically the way when they did free email was, wow, this is awesome for me. It's free email. And lo and behold, at the bottom of every email, it said sent from Hotmail, dating myself here. Right. Back in the days when they were the kind of the first free email people then people see it and hopefully do it. And potentially yours could do that. It could spread this way. And little by little, you're correct. But if it requires, this only works if I've got 24 of my friends using it, you're toast, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And so now it's time to put on your product manager hat and go, what can I make this thing do that it works so well that people are going to want it for itself. And then you just begin putting on your product manager hat and say, okay, now I need to begin to engineer in the virality so that it does spread to other people. And each person who gets it has individual utility. So they use it. And then lo and behold, we begin to see that, holy mackerel, it does update between us. And then little by little by little. For the little by little by little, if you can engineer a niche where it's more natural to spread, you've done it even better. In other words, Although the tempting thing is every single person needs this, the odds of people seeing the magic, which is the updating and the security, which requires two people to have the app, those collisions are going to take pretty randomly if it's a product that, what's the world population? Eight billion now? Eight billion people are out there and the ones who have it are like uh, oxygen atoms in uh, outer space. They're a thousand miles apart from each other that if you have somehow engineered the product to work really well in a certain niche, and again, I'm going to make something crazy up, but it's got some aspect of working really well in real estate where people are, now I'm going out on a limb here, so don't take this literally, <laughs> 
But, you know, people are constantly trying to figure out what are the lockbox codes. And this thing also, there is some piece of information which is always changing, whereas my phone number doesn't change that often. Either does my email address. My job does, maybe, it, well, not for me, but maybe every two or three years. In other words, the big power, which is this updating, if that's one of the big powers, you don't get to see that magic happen very often because it doesn't change very often. So pick some narrow category, which is hugely change dependent. And everyone's going, oh my God, this is changing every week. How do I keep up with it? Well, it just becomes one of the fields in your address card. And lo and behold, when someone needs to know X, it's automatically updated. I have it all the time. You know what I mean? And then you begin building this universe that's more naturally connected where the virality will work more quickly, where you'll get to that point where pretty soon everyone has one. And it's just a classic product positioning thing, which is you start in a very narrow subset where you can solve that specific problem really, really well, better than anybody else. Solving generic business cards or contact management software, wow, that's a hard one because there's you probably know how many people at Apple are working on their contact manager. You can only imagine how many people at Google are working on their contact management software. It's huge. So for you to do it, you've got to pick something so small and so focused that they're never going to do that. They're never going to be that narrow about it. It's like Apple at the beginning saying, this is the Mac? Yes, eventually it'd be great if everyone has one. But now, no, the people who should buy it are art departments because of the fonts. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Once you're in the art departments, it spreads to the other departments that are favoring that. You don't get to accounting because that's IBM's domain for 15, 20 years. It's fine. Take your time. You get there eventually. So, okay. You got me in a roll here. (laughs) So, um, I want to come back to that question of what do I want to prove at the beginning? Because I do have a very good answer for that. But I had to hammer you on this being too big. Let's jump right into that one. Okay, so what do you aim for? I don't think you have to worry about Android yet, in my opinion. There are plenty of people that need what you have in the iOS environment, unless you ignore everything I'm saying and say, no, this only works if every single person in the world has it. In which case, oh, absolutely. You should do them both. But I just think that's crazy. And it's a huge illusion of effort. I used to be a fairly heavy user of Clubhouse. Mm -hmm. And Clubhouse was Apple only, iPhone only for a long time. And Mm -hmm. that was plenty big for them to get a lot of traction, a lot of heat, a lot of movement. And then eventually they did build out the Android. And lots and lots of companies start on one platform because that's not the reason it's not going to work. I mean, how many iPhones are out there? 400 million. I don't know. I don't know what the numbers are. Billion. <laughs> Some huge number. If that's not enough, you've got a different problem. Because if you're saying it only works if 100% of the people have my app, then you're screwed to begin with. So don't worry about it. What you're looking for is engagement in my opinion, which is do people engage regularly with this product? Mm -hmm. And if you measure as you launch into public beta, and I assume because you're an iOS developer, you have wonderful ability to capture engagement metrics. What you want is positive engagement, not negative engagement, which is you can measure it any way you want. But basically, you want those numbers to start going up week over week over week, not going down week over week over week over week. You want people to be discovering it and finding new uses for it on an, again, individual utility. Second thing I'd be trying to do is figure out how do I get virality going? And virality is going to be measured two ways. It's do someone who they share their contact information with, download the app, and do they 
get engagement. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are such big dynamic things. You've got to figure out that this thing works. And I don't mean works technically, which is a lot of the stuff you were explaining to me. You've got to make sure that, that the usage dynamics work. And that's the part that I'm suspicious of. And if I was an investor, I'd be more than suspicious. I'd be dismissive of. This can't be a hand-waving, imagine if you will, product. This has to be, look at what happens. Look at the engagement for the people who try me. And for every person who tries me, they share it with 40 other people. And of those 40, six of them download and engage. And believe me, any VC can do that math. And it's very compelling. Who cares whether you make money at it right now? You have mm -hmm. to stumble on the engagement virality piece. And until you do that, it's going to end up being a very, very cool product that no one ever uses. But again, this is a superficial call in some ways because you might find a narrow niche. You might find a small subset group that needs it desperately because they have some driving need for continually updating information that they'd want to store in their contact file. But it's all going to be measured on, is this thing worth it to someone so that they download it and use it? If the only use is, oh, I'm going to download this because all of a sudden all these people can, wait, there's no one else using it. Okay. The last piece, I'm sorry, I haven't even let you talk at all, but you planted a perfect seed for me to pontificate about something I actually feel passionate about. The reason, again, I started off this whole conversation with big problem is I hate contact management software. I'm always looking for a better solution. I am like, Primo customer number one. I have some contact information which is stored in my Apple. I have some stuff which is stored in Gmail. They don't talk to each other. It's not updated. Or Listen, I am your guy. But because I'm your guy, I also know how many times this has been tried. Mm -hmm. And listen, you began working on this 10 years ago. Wasn't there a product about 10 years ago where it automatically updated there have been lots of efforts at this. It's totally true. There are products now that do this update piece. And, you know, for me, I think the big thing about a year ago, I was actually going to launch without the security piece, without the encryption. And when I was talking to some other people and I mentioned I wanted to add encryption, that's when they got excited. They were like saying, oh, my information is going to be encrypted and only the people I share with will be able to access it. When I realized that that was a possibility that they could have some safety and security with that. I decided at that point that I wanted to add this as a first tier feature as opposed to trying to do it as an add-on later on. There's been, I think, a lot of instances where people have been kind of burned a little bit, where you know they give out some piece of information that they want to get something else, and then they start receiving junk mails or you know other unsolicited calls and things like that, and they have no idea how that information then gets spread afterward. I think that you should know who has your information, and you should be able to manage that yourself. You should be able to control that information and what information they have. Yeah, and the challenge, of course, is that for them to be able to have your information, they need to have your app mm -hmm. or to have it with the security pieces. And that's the part that I'm concerned with. If the updating isn't the secret sauce, if the security is, then what I've said is still legitimate. You just need to change out every place I said, updating and swap in security. But mm -hmm. fundamentally, if you are really careful and you want to only protect your information, letting me to see it on a website doesn't really help. I mean, I guess it prevents me from having a copy unless I actively make one. But what I would do is I would just copy your information and stick it into my regular address book. Because I don't think it's a reasonable premise to think, 
I'm going to have one app, which is for my 17 contacts who are secure, and another app for the two, whatever the number is, 2,000 people who don't. Mm -hmm. In my mind, I'm thinking that every so often you hear on the news how some big company gets hacked by somebody and they download their database and millions of customers' private information is left to who knows what happens to it. In my case, None of that information is available. If you had a card and you shared it with somebody else, I couldn't look up any of their information in any way. And so that's the security that you get. It's not encrypted on the device. You have access to it. And yes, when you call or it'll be in your history and things like that. But in the meantime, you don't have to worry about a large number of people all suddenly getting all their information stolen at once. If a hacker has to go through one by one and break every single person's encryption, it would take them forever. But I still stand by, I think, some of the mm -hmm. things that I've coached you on here, right. which is that be really careful about group utility being the only driver. Well, I'll say it. It's death. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but if you can figure out a way to have an individual go, this is incredibly cool for me to use, then when it spreads virally, each person it spreads to doesn't have to have the disappointing experience of going, well, no one else is using this. And so none of the features that seem really cool work. They go, no, all these features that have individual utility, they work. Well, wow, this is really cool. Mm -hmm. And then a little by little, you begin to discover, wow, more and more people using it. And all of a sudden that group stuff that you lie mm -hmm. awake dreaming about how cool it will be when everyone has this thing start to become real. But in the meantime, raising money, making decisions about when do you expand the new platform? How do you allocate resources? How quickly do I grow? Do I ever spend money on marketing? God forbid. Don't do any of that stuff until you've demonstrated you have engagement. I think that is your driving metric. Your driving big metric followed closely by how viral you can make it. Hmm. You should be able to. Viral should be the easier part, but the individual utility is the trickier one. Okay. Well, Brad, have I scared the crap out of you? Well, I've got some work to do, that's for sure. So, <laughs> Well, you don't need to do anything different, except maybe if you follow the advice, you'll watch what happens when mm -hmm. you enter your private beta a little more carefully. You'll watch and see who uses it in a vacuum. You'll see mm -hmm. how it spreads and what happens as it spreads. And I think now that it's a public beta, that will be interesting. You may want to open the beta up and say, every person who gets the first, gets this part of the invitation, public beta, mm -hmm. automatically can invite somebody else. Right. Yeah. So it doesn't need to all go through you. You almost curate a closed group mm -hmm. because I want you to see what happens when it's not a closed group. Right. The good news is you have the technical chops to make all this happen. The other good news is I think you've got a good enough product mind to envision some ways to make this useful individually and or to find pre-populated groups that are inclined to adopt it as a group. And I hope you stumble on it if for no other reason than it would make my life a lot easier. I hope I do too. <laughs> good luck. All right. Thank you. If you look at the field of contact management as a whole, and you look at the competition, it's easy to think there's no chance a startup can get any traction here. But I've found that if you break the world down into smaller and smaller pieces, the more likely it becomes that Brad can find that specific niche in the market, where his product has the competitive edge it needs. I'll have to check on him in a few months and see if he was able to pull it off. And if he does, well, maybe he can be my contact management solution too. Well, that's all for today, and thanks to my guest for entrusting their business to me for a little while. 
I look forward to hearing back from them in a few months to see if my advice helped. In the meantime, if you want to be a guest on That Will Never Work, I've made it really easy. Just go to markrandolph.com forward slash guest. Fill out the form and leave a voice message right there on the site. While you're there, sign up to get my weekly entrepreneurial advice delivered right to your inbox. Or connect with me on Twitter at mbrandolph or on Instagram at that will never work. Or my newest attempt at denying my age on TikTok, where I promise you won't ever find me dancing without a shirt on. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to smash that like button and leave me a review at Apple Podcasts. I'll see you next time. Audiation.